0: There is this sort of bizarre ideological perspective that, to be honest, I don't even understand that somehow this American power, based on our resources where we're not importing anything, uh, is a problem and uh, that it's, it's okay to promote tax support for, you know, combustion of uh, foreign oil, but uh, not for the industry that's, you know, homegrown using American resources. So hopefully we'll get by that. If you go back six or seven years, renewables had broad bipartisan support. it was not controversial. Would like to see us get back to the, those days as an important sector of the American economy. There's absolutely no reason there should be any kind of partisan overtones here.
1: Hey and welcome back to three things, the podcast that hosts plain language conversations with experts on the leading energy solutions to climate change. Let's meet today's guest.
0: Yeah, my name is Greg Whetstone, and I'm president and CEO of the American Council on Renewable Energy. Welcome to Three Things. Tell me, what does the council do? Yeah, we are a, a nonprofit organization that works across renewable technologies wind power, solar power, geothermal power, hydro you name it. And we work with the investors and manufacturers and developers and utilities and and the purchasers, big corporate purchasers of power, uh, to promote policies that uh, and financial mechanisms that help the renewable sector grow. So uh, we see all forms of renewable power as a critical part of where we need to be going to provide our country with a uh, clean and uh, resilient power grid and uh, along the way to help solve the, uh, what's perhaps our biggest environmental problem, global climate change.
1: I also notice on your website you say that you're working to accelerate the transition to a renewable electricity economy. What does a renewable electricity economy look like? And, and make your pitch, why do we want that?
0: It looks a lot like the direction we're going in this country, where wind, solar, and other renewable technologies are providing the power that is increasingly being relied upon in homes and businesses across the country. Last year, here in the United States, we saw on the order of $45 billion invested in renewable power here in the U.S., And for the past seven years, each year the largest source of private sector infrastructure investment has been the renewable energy sector. So renewable power is a thriving source of economic growth and it is allowing our grid to be cleaner. It is unquestionably a critical part of the solution to climate change. California recently committed to a 100%
1: zero carbon renewable electricity grid by 2045. It's probably the most ambitious climate commitment to date of any jurisdiction in the world. I'm just curious what is that going to look like uh, from your perspective and how are we going to get there?
0: Well, it's going to be uh, a continuation of a trend we're already seeing in California where wind and solar power are displacing other forms of generation. It's also gonna mean modernization of the grid, so we're gonna see more advanced technologies for distributing uh, electricity, and we're also gonna see increasing use of storage, energy storage batteries, if you will, that allow for more flexibility and a more resilient grid. So not only is it gonna be cleaner, but there's every reason to anticipate that it will be more efficient and probably more cost effective. When I look
1: out the window here in San Francisco, I see a lot of buildings and a whole lot of empty rooftops. As California works towards its target, are we gonna see solar panels on just about every surface available, uh, particularly inside our cities where the electricity
0: demand is high? I think rooftop solar is going to be a part of the equation. In a big city with a lot of tall buildings, um, a lot of that power is going to come from large uh, wind farms and solar arrays, as it does now, that are, aren't in immediate sight, and, uh, but are out where there's good resource. That's mm-hmm. the term of art for wind and solar power. Uh, so, we have good wind, uh, good radiation, good exposure to the sun, and uh, transmission lines that are there now that will uh, bring that power into the cities. Uh, another area where we may well see development is uh, offshore wind turbines. That's happening now in the East Coast. I think over time there's uh, technology that's being developed. Uh, off the uh, likely to be deployed off California involving uh, floating turbines, and I think we could see that too potentially. So,
1: the U.S. only got its first offshore wind farm in 2016, and the 30 megawatt uh, Block Island project is still the only offshore wind farm in America. There's dozens of proposals on the books. Do you think that the tide has turned, uh, so to speak, and that uh, Americans are more willing to be able to look at the site of? offshore wind turbines out on the horizon?
0: To me, seeing a, a, a wind turbine in the distance on the water was a, not a concern. But there are those for whom that was an aesthetic issue. Uh, but most of the ones that have been permitted and are being built are far enough offshore that you don't really see them anyway. So uh, I would be surprised to see opposition to that. And you know, the power has to come from somewhere, and we're talking about technologies that have no pollution uh, whatsoever associated with generation. Uh, and they're also secure. It's fuel we have, we own. America's very lucky that we have very rich wind and solar power resources. Uh, other resources like geothermal power, uh, biomass, hydro in some places, Um, really allow us to be generating electricity uh, with uh, little or no carbon imprint and that's the direction we have to go.
1: You don't have to look very hard on Twitter or elsewhere to find a critic who will say well the sun doesn't shine at night and a calm day uh, we're not going to get any electricity. Um, Just wanted to address that briefly that uh, variability issue about renewables. Have we solved that yet? Are we able to integrate very high levels of renewable uh, power sources on our grids?
0: Well, I think really that goes to the uh, technological progress we're seeing with energy storage as batteries become less and less expensive. And as we have a larger grid with wind and solar power over a greater geographic area, you create opportunities. The wind is always blowing somewhere. And uh, often the night is when it's windiest. So you have the greatest wind resource at night. Obviously, your solar resources are during the day. And during periods of great overproduction, where, for example, solar produces more electricity than we need in the middle of the afternoon in many areas, you can store that and then use that later in the day. And more and more we see movement in that direction, and and, California is is by far the biggest state to go to 100%, but it's noteworthy that Hawaii is there as well, and they have, obviously, great wind and solar resources there, uh, and uh, they're part of uh, really pioneering this. But there are a number of states with ambitious programs. 29 states have directives for how much renewable power they're going to get, and a number of those are now New York State is at 50%. You know, that's a state with a very large population, a lot of electricity demand. So we're seeing a lot of progress. You don't have many friends in Washington
1: right now, of course. Uh, President Trump recently um, suggesting uh, falsely that wind turbines cause cancer, one of the most ridiculous uh, things he's said as of late. His Secretary of Energy, uh, Rick Perry, has uh, been talking up the benefits of coal. All of the examples you just cited are all state-level leadership. To what extent is state leadership making up for some of the rhetoric we're hearing out of Washington
0: these days? The, the sector continues to grow despite the signals we've seen from this administration and grow at a surprising pace. In the first year of the Trump administration, we saw 18 gigawatts, 18,000 megawatts of renewable power brought onto the grid. That's the second most ever. And the reason is these state programs are helping to drive growth. But the economics are also continuing to shift in favor of renewable energy. At this point in many parts of the country, renewables are competing straight up with all the other sources of power and winning. So uh, as the technology improves and we get less expensive day by day, where renewables become not just the environmental option, but the economic option. And that makes a big difference And that's one reason why the administration signals really haven't led to a big retrenchment in the sector. Some of your more politically conservative critics would suggest that
1: the renewable sector is only booming because of production tax credits that give the industry um, a break uh, on the federal level. So if you're saying that this is all state leadership, how do you account for that, Uh, those incentives and those programs that have been so critical to attracting investment?
0: Well, it's important to keep in mind that every source of electricity generation has incentives in the tax code, and uh, the renewable incentives are the only ones that are phasing down and out. So in the early 2020s, we will be in a position where renewable power has no tax policy support at all and virtually every other source of electricity does. And that's, that's not a very good situation. And the other thing hanging out there, obviously, is greenhouse emissions that are changing the planet's climate. Those emissions are not considered in the economics. They are what an economist would call an externality. Indeed, they are the largest externality in the history of economics. And most business leaders think sooner or later they're going to be taken into account. And I share that view. And so we see businesses already moving. They're investing. Businesses are looking to rely on renewable power. They want to be there already. They hear that from their customers. So they're working to accommodate that. And that, too, is driving growth in a big way. We have companies like Amazon and Google and Facebook uh, that are announcing aggressive targets Uh, And and big financial firms as well, like J.P. Morgan and Bank of America, that are committed to powering all their facilities with uh, 100% renewable energy.
1: Your association has set an audacious goal. You want to attract a trillion dollars in investment by 2030. What's it going to take to make that happen in terms of policies or other um, pieces that you need to put in place to realize that goal?
0: That's an ambitious goal, but we think it's achievable. And we need to get there if we're going to deal with a climate problem. And that's that's where the global economy is going. Uh, to get there in the U.S., we need to deal with a problem we spoke about a minute ago um, where there is some reflection in pricing of the importance of carbon emissions. So that needs to be part of the calculus. Uh, we. Sh- over the long term, we should not have a tax code that helps every other source of electric power except the one we need to protect our planet's climate. That's where we're going otherwise. So we need to fix that. Um, we need to continue to see progress in uh, battery storage, the economics, and uh, you know, an engaged public that cares about uh, climate change and continues to push political leaders for action, that's gonna be an important part of the solution as well. So we really need to be focused on the technologies of the 21st century and not you know yesterday's grid tomorrow, which is unfortunately part of what we're seeing right now.
1: Why do so many on the right-hand side of the political spectrum still see your sector, your industry, as inherently somehow a left-wing or a progressive business?
0: It, it, it's funny. There is that view in places, uh, but there are also places, if you go state by state, look at state governments, they're not buying into that at all. There is strong bipartisan support. And we see, you know, uh, renewable programs that require high levels of renewable penetration across the country in many states, in the uh, in the Mountain West, uh, in the Midwest. Uh, really all over the country. So uh, that state support is there, uh, and the sector is growing across there. Uh, I think there's strong support in the U.S. Senate, as we saw when the tax bill moved through. The Senate really removed from it provisions that were designed to hurt renewable power. But there is this sort of bizarre ideological perspective that, to be honest, I don't even understand that somehow this American power, based on our resources, where we're not importing anything, uh, is a problem, and uh, that it's it's okay to promote tax support for you know combustion of uh, foreign oil, but uh, not for the industry that's you know homegrown using American resources. So hopefully we'll get by that. If you go back six or seven years, renewables had broad bipartisan support. It was not controversial. Would like to see us get back to the, those days as an important sector of the American economy. There's absolutely no reason there should be any kind of partisan overtones here. So, given all that,
1: then, what's your pitch then to a conservative policymaker, be it in Washington or anywhere else? How do you speak to uh, fiscal conservatives about uh, renewable electricity?
0: Well, I would, I would highlight that uh, we're an important part of the economy in uh, red and blue states today, that with uh, $45 billion in annual investment, we're creating jobs and economic opportunity in parts of this country where there aren't a lot of other sources of economic growth. And we're providing reliable power and doing so cost effectively. So let us compete let us get out there. And along the way, maybe we help solve some environmental problems. And I don't see why that's a bad thing. I've been speaking with Greg Whetstone, the president and CEO of the American Council
1: on Renewable Energy, or ACOR. Thanks so much for making some time for
0: me today. Thank you, James. It was a pleasure.
1: And thanks again, as always, to all of you out there listening. Remember to check us out on Twitter at Three Things Energy. And if you would, leave us a review in the iTunes store. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you back here again soon.